It's the Clapped Out Podcast, presented by Monster Clutch Co. Is it Monster Clutch Co. or does... Why do you abbreviate that? Is that just because of the way you read it online? I like Monster Clutch I think it sounds cool. Monster Clutch Co. I find myself typing Monster Clutch Co. rather than Monster Clutches or Monster Clutch Company. What if Monster Clutches was another brand that just sold large clutches for women to carry? Like oversized... Oversized or, or women's clutches <laughs> that are designed like uh, like monsters from folklore. Like you had a Loch Ness clutch, monster clutch. Clutches for plus size human beings that don't want to look. Foot, a Bigfoot yeah. clutch. It's just Bigfoot's ball sack and it's a clutch. With a zipper on it, like the pubes get caught. What if like you oh, had a zipper? All right, let's, let's go live on Facebook before we start oh, yeah, talking about ripping on. pubes out. Good Lord. While Rai's doing that, I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown of what we have on the docket today. We we prepared for this like five minutes before we launched. And the preparation has led us down a very interesting path. We'll be, be we'll begin. We'll be we'll be begin. Do you think Steve Addison we'll be, would be begin. mad if I called it moisture clutches? Moisture clutch girls. <laughs> we could easily, you know, like the the obviously they've been paid to make the commercials for companies, but they're like funny, like Dr. Yes. Squatch and those. Yeah. I think we could absolutely do that, but the companies would not like the end product. They'd be no, like, what the hell? No, we didn't even talk about what we sell. Yeah. Why is my clutch wet? <laughs> well, it comes with an auto lube function. Oh, man. Yeah, wet and dry clutches. It's a wet clutch. It's like a motorcycle. It's a wet it's moisture, clutch, moisture clutch clutch. What are you I'm sorry. Have you ever seen a Hayabusa before? It's a moist <laughs> clutch, dude. Instead of from now on, we should buy motorcycles to race them and then always... When we call about performance parts, ask what kind of moist clutches they have in stock. Anyway, a little bit of technical difficulty getting live on Facebook here, but it says uh, it's being streamed. It says it's up there. Does but it? yeah, okay. it does. Hey, also, let's just because I already did the intro on the recording, I'm going to intro it again here by saying, "Master Clutch Co presents the Clapped Out Podcast." <laughs> You gotta work on this song a little bit. It's the the, the delay, like between us. We it's can't. It kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. It's a pain. It, All right, we can't harmonize. All right, well, we let really me want to. let me do this. Let me try one more time. And if sure. you feel like you got a natural entry and you not like, uh, I will say this. Keep in mind, natural entries you're used to on me. If you're gonna get real out, back away from the mic just a little bit. Don't blow All the right, speakers dude, out on people All driving right. to work. All right. <laughs> Who's driving to work at 3.30 on a Sunday? Well, what is it, shift change at the Detroit Sheet Metal Factory? This is going to go live on Friday. All right, okay, okay, okay. So, All right, the audio-only right. formats, brace right. yourselves. Okay. Turn it down maybe like two. If you're on 11, go to nine. Because Logan's, Logan's about to let it rip. I'm going to let it rip, dude. Go ahead, buddy. When you're in need of a clutch because yours is slipping. Head to the website and get to ripping Monster Clutch Co. for you and me. I the got price is so low that your wife won't be tripping. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I mean, I feel like I was really onto something there. Like you I were, was, and I was. I know, but you just the thing is, it's improvisation. It's the yes and. I was yes handing. I know, dude, but I just feel like. I feel like if Eminem in that scene where he's like, everyone do the 313, put your motherfucking... <laughs> and then someone jumped on the stage and was like, I also am from the 313. I feel like that would have messed up his whole fucking thing. But His old okay. steez. 
What is a steez? Snoop Dogg got a fucking boob job. Can we call Steve Addison Steez Addison? Because no, he's that sounds so drippy. No, don't do kid words. Don't do kid words. Ugh. My favorite uh, thing to do is to dab in my kitchen to make my kids really cringe. I just feel like you just the riz is drippy with this no cap. Ugh. Uh, so I did. Uh, shut up. All right. All right. Like we previously, I previously was speaking about everybody. So you're aware. Actually, let me start the show by congratulating Rybert on taking the top spot in the video view category for clapped out all time. Thank you. So I think that's got to be all. Would it be all time? Uh, I would have to look at, I mean, the the one video that it, I think is all time is the Holly Terminator X video. No, 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 no. Debuted. No, I mean like the first five, ten days. The oh, I what's, what's in a pro mod motor, which I hated that video. I know. <laughs> oh, I hated that stupid video. And it did so good. And I couldn't complain about it. But I still complain about it. But again, my hat's off. Not literally because my headphones are on. But my hat's off to you for uh, launching a video. I know you worked very hard on that. And I'm glad to see it come to fruition. Now, if only we had more than 12 subscribers to capitalize on this. So anyone listening to this podcast, if you don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, you're a piece of shit, and I hate you. Sorry. I'm sorry I got a little angry right there. I didn't mean I that. would say that uh, what we're, we're slowly figuring out here, well, number one, consistency is huge for growth for the channel as a whole, but there is a lot to be said, I think, about title and thumbnail. So should we let everybody know how much money we're going to make this month? Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. So in case in case anyone's curious on how to make money on YouTube, this is a great tutorial on how not to make money on YouTube. So just some quick facts for everybody. We have 16,658 subscribers. This month, we are projected to make... <laughs> this month, we are projected to make $167. So... Dude... I'm just saying that's like a you, quarter of a cart of groceries. I'm, I mean, when we're done with this podcast, you need to you need to hit up Hal and put in your two weeks' notice. I just do. I feel like at this point, I could never quit again, though. You know what I mean? I say again because I did quit. I can't one time. quit you. I couldn't. <laughs> he kicked me out. I have told him a thousand times: if I woke up tomorrow with a million subscribers, I would I would quit, but only because I'd rent an office from him and ruin his life just every day. It's crazy. Like if if you guys are curious of like the behind the scenes of like trying to grind and make it on like YouTube, it is terrible. It sucks. Like you it's don't know what the algorithm is. You're literally when we say we're throwing shit at a wall, seeing what sticks. That's all we're doing. And the last RC car video did remarkably well. And I'm like, as I'm uploading it and watching the percentage go up, I'm like, this is, this sucks. I don't even want to put this video out there for the world. And then skyrockets in flight. Like it took off. And then so here's the other thing that kind of I would like to note. I look at other channels that are similar to ours in terms of like the content they deliver, which let's be real. The industry is flooded with, with YouTubers mm -hmm. and I don't, it is what it is. I'm cool with it. We're in another bump on the log. But I look at the ratio, and there's some pages that have like 150, 200,000 subscribers. And you look at their views, and it's the same view count as us. Yeah. I don't get that. Yeah. Is I don't, that, I don't, is that I don't, bought subscribers? Like, what is I have that? no idea. I don't understand it either. Because like I, I look at... The worst thing I found on YouTube was the about the channel, where I could see 
the date that they started the channel. And when you look at the date they started the channel and then you look at the subscriber count and then we look at where we're at, I'm like, God, dude, that is depressing. No, I don't care at all. Where am I wrong? And how am I missing this? And what I've realized is it it's it's I think it is, like you said, it's like they got one banger of a video or they they just struck a nerve, which we do from time to time. But the I don't know, the RC car tech stuff seems to be consistently performing and people respond to it. The comments, like people are actively commenting on it. And I think that is more valuable than more views is the engagement on a video. Speaking of engagement, wrong, I'd like to talk about a specific piece of engagement from the channel. What, somebody got engaged? No. No, this is a comment that I felt I felt was wonderful. Okay. And I, I would like to recite it out loud for anyone that doesn't follow us on YouTube. Sure. This is a comment on a video I put up called Turbocharging an LS Swapped Box Chevy Caprice. <laughs> I know where you got already. <laughs> this is my, my favorite and most hated part of YouTube. I'm going to give you this example, and I'm going to give you an example of one that made me want to choke a dude out. The first example is something I was like, the guy's not wrong. And this is from user-p9nth9nq5m. I guess nq5o was taken. So this is a very interesting It's the auto-generate feature on YouTube <laughs> for signing up, if anybody's wondering. This dude, I assume, dude, it could be a chick. This individual's comment, and this is about my fiance, was Jasmine. She is so beautiful and thickness too. And I'm honestly just the only thing that pisses me off is that he didn't. They didn't say anything about me. Like you're gonna, you're not gonna try and sexualize me. Like if you ever watch videos, I just like run up to Jasmine with a camera and I'm like boogity boogity, like I scare her, and I'm like whip it, what about this? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like yelling, and she's just like get away from me. So it's, user user P9 and TH9 and Q5M. Thank you. That um we, we should go back and look at the analytics and see because if there's like a point one percent overseas viewership, well then we know where that comment came from. Yeah, no, I don't want to know. I like the mystery. It's like a glory hole, but in comment <laughs> section. <laughs> so, glory hole comment. I mean, how many times have we talked about the the Jay and Silent Bob strike back? This might be a bit of a reach for some of you guys. The movie now, it's depressing for me to even think about how old that movie is. But if you ever watch any of the Kevin Smith movies, Mallrats, Clerks, Clerks 2, Jay and Silent Bob. A stink palm. Yeah, dude. They're amazing. I don't know. Are they even indie films? Because Kevin Smith. No, they're independent. They're independent budget. Like he owned the production company so in uh, no, miramax bob, miramax was the production company yeah. so in, in jay and silent bob strike back there's a portion where like and this is like early days of internet and forums where they're reading and logan and i have had this conversation a million times like what if we actually did this where it's like people talk shit about the movie that jay and silent bob put out in this movie and they're reading the comments and they're replying to them on like a kiosk in a fast food restaurant. But when they make it big and they get all their money, they take all the money. Magnolia fan on moviebookshoot.com. Yeah. Did you write? Fuck Jay and Saw and Bob. Fuck them and their stupid asses. Yeah, a while ago. So? And then they proceed to just beat the dog shit out of these kids. <laughs> It's the best. And 20 years later, 
it applies more than ever. I, I think. think it really, I think yeah, it's more so because now yeah, social I've, media and blogs are way bigger, but so ahead of their time. Dude. But we've talked about a million times of like finding shit talkers and showing up to their hometown and knocking on their door and be like, grab a lane, let's race or let's fight. Like, yeah, dude, or not or, that, or setting your away message to wish I could go to school and fight tomorrow, but my tummy hurts, which was my move. Not the, not that the guy, we don't want to go and fight Mr. <laughs> what what did he say? The guy that talked about Mr. two inches, the wife thing. No, 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 Mr. Uh, Thickness, the guy that who's oh, very, no, he was very fuck. complimentary. He, I think yeah. he just maybe English is a second language, and he just doesn't know how to. In Swahili, that means you have a wonderful home life, and I appreciate that. Mm, That's mm-hmm. what that means. He just translated it wrong. I'm very no, envious I, of your existence. Like it's something. it is what it is. I'm cool with it. But again, this whole thing, this whole point was brought up to compliment you on the on the production and execution of your video. Thank you so much. Thank you. In the meantime, why don't we bring this back to the subject matter at hand? And that is going to be the recent race at was it Bradenton? Yeah. So huge race is going on. Uh, I, I mean, it went down this weekend. Um, the pro race, and if you're not pro race sounds very i don't know like generic and you're like well what's a pro race so they did what was called it was was actually called the pro superstar shootout yes and pro is the professional racers organization and it is something that has started um kind of independently of the nhra and that was what i found very interesting is that it's been all crickets on the side of the NHRA with this race going on. Now, mind you, NHRA is in their off season and they're about to ramp up their season. So pro is very strategic in placing this race at the beginning, right at the end. It's a great place for everybody to go test, but they had record setting attendance, record setting payouts for funny car, top fuel, like everything that you would see at an NHRA event but they incentivized these racers to really swing for the fences. They had funny car, top fuel, pro stock, top sportsman, super stock, and stock eliminator classes. And there was not a dry butthole in the stands. And that's everything you will see at an average weekend at an NHRA event. Like you go to U.S. Nationals in Indy, that's what you're going to see. But it's the last one I went to, actually. It was insane. The payouts are ridiculous. Like, Pro stock, 250 grand to win one event. Erica Enders, $125,000. So, wait, hold on. I have a question because I'm I'm ignorant to this. Who puts the money up for that? Just like what sponsors threw that money up? Um, Off the top of my head, I don't know. Because here's the thing that, that I will say I have no idea who's footing that bill, and that's a problem. Because mm-hmm. anyone that's p- putting that money up needs to be recognized for the people that are paying those people out, and they should get the marketing representation from it. Does that make sense? That's fair, one hundred percent. And maybe I, I might dumb, just be—I might be just naive, but I know it, it. You know, it's Bradenton, so I'm sure one hundred percent. You know, probably Motion Raceworks had a lot to do with it. Cletus had his whole name slapped on the side of Clay Milken's mm-hmm. top fuel dragster, which is number one qualifier for the event. Didn't end up winning it, but still. He went multiple rounds, and I don't know. Like, I, I'm wondering if NHRA is like mad because I think they set records over there: 341 miles an hour in fuel car. I believe that was top fuel. 
I'll play devil's advocate though. How how prominent is an HRA in like our our social media circles in terms of commenting and posting? Right, and, stuff? And, and that's that's the other thing too. Is like, when was the last time you and I both loved drag racing? When was the last time you watched NHRA on TV? Never, never. Same here because it's not relatable. It's and I don't know point, why one point three million dollars. One point three. One point three million dollars in total prize money. I think this one kind of struck a little bit of a different nerve because the scales had tipped where like you have an NHRA event, you have a bunch of millionaires or billionaires that are just basically in like, we're just measuring genitals to see who wants to outspend the other person with this. There was like real money on the line. So maybe there was a little bit more incentive to let it all hang out. I think that's, I really legitimately think that's why we saw some record setting passes at a non-NHRA event where it's like, hey, if you actually give them the incentive to run it all the way out the back door as hard as they can, they will perform. Dude, 341 miles an hour is absolutely insane. And who did that? I, I'm, I'm saying that number. Oh, uh, Tasca. Yes. There you go. Thank you. So here's another thing. Okay. Actually, let me back it up a second. It is put on by Skag. Power Equipment, a guide to the Skag Power Equipment Pro Superstar Shootout presented by Johnson's Horsepowered Garage. So Johnson's Horsepowered Garage is who put it. I, this is a silly thing to think about, but I am very curious where the one point three million dollars comes from. Anybody in the comment section knows I'd love to know because that's again, let me play this back and I'm going to tie this back to the point in just a second here. But um a friend of Clapped Out, Doug Cook, mm -hmm. uh, Motion Race Works. He put a post up the other day, and I'm going to do it in an impression of him, if that's okay. So I'm going to read his post as <laughs> Can't wait as, to see this as Doug Cook. So hold on one second. And I know Doug doesn't watch this podcast. I hope he doesn't watch this podcast. So um, let me put it up. I think quick. he's about to. I don't know if I can find it. Oh, Mike Cotton's in the chat. What's up, buddy? News. Dear automotive industry. <laughs> My version of Doug Cook. <laughs> Is like an old, rich Englishman. Yes. I, know, yes. I don't know why, but I like. I feel like that would help his whole vibe. You know what I mean? I wish every video he puts up, he'd throw that stank on it, powdered wig and everything. Dear automotive industry, stop thinking like big business and buy that sign. Sponsor that track in some way. It doesn't have to make sense on a P&L now, but it will if the track isn't there. Support those who support us. Let's do this. Okay, so now that that's done, I hope he likes that impression. Don't don't hate me for that, Doug. I think it was pretty cute. But the reason I bring up the sponsor and the money and this and that, $1.3 million went to this race. This was a very highly covered race. People are posting about it like crazy. Flow Racing was there mm -hmm. with spotty coverage from what I was hearing. Um, like their service was kind of crappy is from what I was told. I mean, that's every live yeah. spot. Every, everybody complains about every live feed ever. That being said... $1.3 million was put up. Doug Cook's post is true. These companies need to put up money to help these races. But in the, on the other side of that, once the money gets put up, whoever promotes these races or live streams these races, and I'm sure they did on Flow Racing, they do a good job of shouting people out, but those people need to get more notoriety and no, more kickback and more, hey, thank you for doing what you did. Yeah, that's true. So if that's Skag Power Recruitment or if it's Johnson's Horsepower Garage, this is Clapped Out's way of saying thank you, and uh, and yeah. you guys are kick ass. Everybody that made that race exist. Thank you. We don't know 
Yeah, I, I see exactly what your point is. Like, maybe the, uh, it could have been done a little bit better to promote the individuals that are putting that money up for sure. Um, yeah. But I will say, I am oh, stoked dude, that that race exists. That somebody just... can shake and rattle the cage of the NHRA. Like, they need a waking up. They're doing a little bit better, but these are the NHRA is the same organization that you know, four or five years ago was trying to take away the licenses of everybody that was on the street outlaw show. Yeah. No, like, I think they should do no prep top fuel. Like, dude, you're out of your mind. Like, yeah, the, you're so oblivious. And I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a, a weird place that I think there's room for pro and NHRA to exist. I think if you put those types of cars, put top fuel, funny cars down the track at like street car takeover, it would make me go 10 times more. Yeah. And and the reason I don't go to streetcar takeovers is well, twofold. Number one, I don't race. I'm not a big racer. I like to build cars and sell them. But number two is they're always like I work in the industry mm-hmm. and spring and summer is insane for us. It's the busiest time of the year. And unfortunately, our and actually not unfortunately, but fortunately, our business dynasty has grown exponentially in um many ways. And getting away to go to these races is tough. But being able to make it like a full event that that you know you can it's like turns into a mini vacation. Yeah, that's the goal. And I, a, a show like Top Fuel, like I'm not gonna go out and watch some fucking rocket car. I don't give a shit about a jet. No. Car. Yeah, absolutely. They're so dumb. Like I it's, think they're the dumbest it thing. It is in the world. for for guys like us. Like the same reason I don't follow it. I'll 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 tune in every once in a while because I mean now it's kind of crazy to even admit that like yeah I know a guy that drives Pro Mod or whatever. And you'll you'll dip in and look at the records and it's it is the pinnacle. It's like if it's I'm like, a cert- it's like you it's like you and I fight at a if we practiced MMA at a local gym, yeah, and we ran into Connor McGregor. You right. know what I mean? Like it's so it's so out of our like it's just one of those things like and, and a lot of people don't feel it. Like Lyle Barnett never woke up and said, I'll never be there. <laughs> um, but Lyle Barnett also has has been through hell and high water to get to where he is in the racing yeah. community. And he's also dedicated his life to racing and comes from that. So it's one of the things like and I don't I don't have a feeling of like missing out or FOMO, but I do enjoy watching it. But it also makes me watch it at at a reach, you know, like yeah. I don't um but again, you go to one of those races in person and it's a whole different environment. I mean, have you ever been to a you have been to a national level event. Have you ever been yeah. up there or just yes. in the stands when a fuel car goes down? Yeah. It's insane. Ladies I mean, and gentlemen, the- if you have never, ever, if you look at NHRA and go, this is unrelatable, I don't want to go, this is like like the same way you look at NASCAR and like they don't look like real cars. Even if you are just a casual drag racing observer, you're a test and tune person with, and you'll in your heart of hearts, you feel like I'll never have anything faster than like a 11, 10 second car. You have to go to a national, like a legit NHRA event or pro where they have legit fuel cars, top fuel, funny car, and the physical, like the concussion of those cars when they launch and go down the track it's unlike anything you'll ever experience in your life like it rattles your lungs it shakes your eyeballs in your head and you can have the worst seat in the stands everybody should go and if you're taking somebody do us a favor video them so we can see the reaction for like the first time because if you if you jump on youtube or even instagram or wherever and you search 
top fuel first reactions yeah there's some of the funniest videos in the world because they're everybody so everybody has like they get so complacent because they hear them in the burnout and they're at like five percent throttle mm -hmm. but when those things go wide open on nitro it is nuts so i i have a, an equivalency it's not as dramatic but it's something that i see a lot of drag racers talk shit about but it's something that in person is a whole different world and that is formula d and pro drift yeah because on sound like people watch it and they're like whatever blah, blah, blah. they just shit talk it but uh going to formula drift in person and seeing a thousand horsepower 1500 horsepower car taking a bank at 120 miles an hour is insane so yeah. there again it's not the same you know concussive effect it's not like the percussion of one of those cars going by you like you said it'll it'll compress your chest um but drift cars going by on the limiter and like five inches from each other mm -hmm. it's insane but yeah, no, yeah my my beef with any live sporting event and i think everybody else can kind of say the same thing is like it's tough to keep up with what's actually going on like you don't have the numbers on the screen in front of you but it's still an experience and i think everybody if you're a fan of any sport whatever it is, stick and ball, racing, automotive, NASCAR, NHRA, like go to a live event and actually experience it and see what it's like. Walk through the pits and get your own perspective of like what's going on behind the scenes. And I think you'll get a better appreciation of like what is truly going on with all that stuff. But yeah, the pro event is, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how this shapes up, whether that's going to expand and become a multiple like race event throughout the year and become direct competition to NHRA Holy or, or how NHRA is going to like respond to this past weekend, whether they're going to like slap people with sanctions and be like, Hey, you either race with us or with nobody, but there's 36 sponsors for the race in total. 36, uh, which is, so I'm going to call out some of the ones that, are the most like what so again this is the pro this is 1.2 1.3 million dollars in payouts right yep and i don't mean to keep harping on this but no yeah go this for is it all, it's, this it's is way this more is than also, nhra's pays out well and here's this is what's interesting about it the some of the companies on here i'm not trying to shortchange anybody so if, if you know a company that was involved that isn't listed that i'm list sorry but the two title sponsors it looks like are skag power equipment and johnson's horsepower garage those look like the two title sponsors from what I can tell. Have you ever heard of Johnson's Horsepowered Garage before? No, never. It's a dealership coming soon. And that's what their website shows. So my assumption is it's going to be like they build custom cars for you or they buy them and sell them or whatever. But it does look like Resto Mod Heaven. And it, that's that's what it looks like. So Johnson's Horsepowered Garage, that's what it looks like. Skag Power Equipment um, obviously is power equipment by, made by a company called Skag. <laughs> Lawn mowers and turf movers and things I've like that. I've heard of Skag, believe it or not. But, yeah, they're yeah. local to us. They're not local, but there's a couple of branches out here. Yeah. But here are some of the weird ones. Not weird, but like, oh, that's dope as shit that they're involved with that. Like FTI, for example, is a partial sponsor. Toyota is a sponsor. Yeah. Walmart is a sponsor. Like Walmart had me twisted up wichita furniture and mattress which may be one of the teams you know what i mean like one of the teams yeah yeah it, it, it's like the teams that are entering are yeah yeah i get what you're yeah. saying anyway there's the those are the, the the titles and then a couple of the other ones plr comp cams lucas oil liberty gears quartermax agpe stephs the fabricated oil paint company yep. indie gear i mean there's a bunch if you go to superstar shootout.com 
and you click on actually on the home page, superstarshootout.com, you scroll to the bottom, it'll have all those sponsors listed. It had a countdown for when the race started, and it kind of gives you an idea of the lineup, what kind of racing it's going to be. But if you are into racing, like Rice said, mark your calendar for a, a national level style event and go because it's worth it. And, and I think, like I said, just to put a cap on this, I think it'll be really, I'm really curious to see how this shapes up throughout this year with NHRA and pro and it's kind of i don't know it's a little baffling to me oh, like dude, if, dude. if NHRA is taking this as a threat like nah, they can't why wouldn't they, you, do, like people are setting records like i don't think they can take it as a threat if so it's um imagine if you put a video up on our youtube that did better like the one you just put up killed everything right mm-hmm. imagine if instead of like being like i need to level up too i got sour if they NHRA needs to, if they look at this like competition, direct competition, they don't understand that like there, there's always going to be another player in the pond. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like you have to, you have to build bridges between those communities and the people that don't, the promoters that don't usually die fairly quickly. I'd be curious to see if there was, um, when they came up with the payouts, because when you look at the payouts for that one event, they are as much. I think, or like they're very close to the payouts of what you would get if you won a championship in the NHRA, like for one event. We all know, like when you race at the top tier level of drag racing, there's a there's a long, it, it's a it's the same that's been around for a long time. Where it's like, how do you turn a billionaire into a millionaire? Well, let me edit that statement though, dude. Go drag racing. U.S. Nationals had a two million dollar payout in total. But how many classes though? Because there's a wow. whole shitload of bracket classes that are in addition. U.S. Nationals is massive. I'm, I'm just saying that a couple million dollars on a race. I mean, even a one weekend race, you can't. Even, you can't. You can only get so many classes in. You know I was trying mean? to. Yeah, I was trying to search it, and and maybe somebody can tell us in the comments. Top Fuel, can... Funny Car, Pro Stock, Pro Stock Motorcycle. That's. I'm curious to see what like Top Fuel gets paid for, uh, say Charlotte, like Z Max for Y Nationals. I have no idea off the top of my head, but I know it. I mean, it pales in comparison, I believe, to what pro is paying out. And I could be way out in left field on this, but I don't know. I just thought like you have NHRA drivers setting records at this event, and NHRA was completely silent about it the whole weekend. Where you're in your off season, yeah. it how is this a threat to you? So well, let's look at this. I'd be curious to see if there's more, uh, maybe rule changes about what did didn't the NFL just come out with some stuff where like, hey, you guys can play wherever you want in the off season? Do you remember that? Um, no, I don't. I was diving into uh, NHRA's Facebook page to see what they might have been sharing or what they were posting about, um, which again is little to nothing. So, uh, breaking this back just real quick, and then we can move forward. The idea that NHRA is silent about it. I don't know how they would be loud about it. You know what I mean? Like, um, and and here's the thing. They have the reach. They have 1.7 million followers on Facebook. So they have the reach. But playing again, devil's advocate. If I'm in charge of the social media for NHRA, I know I would post about it, but at the same time, is there is there powers that be that don't want it being exposed? Do you think they're going to lose viewership? Maybe, but I would spin it like this. Oh, hey, no, I got the best. 
marketing manager for an HRA puts up the most money and becomes the title sponsor of the whole race. <laughs> That's what they should have done. Put a half a million in the pot and been like, yeah, we'll sponsor it. We're cool there with it. Go. But, or, I mean, the flip side is like, hey, NHRA, top fuel driver, Clay Milliken qualifies number one at the pro race in Bradenton, Florida in the offseason. That's a fucking yeah. headline. Yeah. NHRA oh. driver. Everybody that was there is an NHRA driver. Mm-hmm. There's no like crazy privateer IHRE like off the wall teams like this is the cream of the crop and they all come from the NHRA and you I feel who... like if NHRA doesn't position themselves correctly well then pro is going to become the cream of the crop and then NHRA is going to drop down and become IHRA I mean that's long term thinking obviously but you know who we need to have on to talk about this stuff that's like and, and he, I don't know if he listens to the podcast or not but I'm going to call him what he is because he is the biggest nerd in when it comes to racing Brian Lewis. I, no 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 this is someone I, I know on a personal level oh. um that he's just a giant nerd and he does he bracket races and I'm, I say nerd with affection but like like name a class and name a dude name a random dude that had a car in that class in 1975 and this individual will be like yeah that was a small block Chevy with blah 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 heads <laughs> and it had this cam and it went this fast and it went, his best short time was like he just rattles up Jason Haley from Brian Tilly Racing. Uh, Jason okay. Jason Haley, like we would be in meetings and Jason would be like I he knows say, he knows all the sportsman racers. He knows all he knows all, but he also I, he's a learned individual of, of racing in general. So he'd be somebody to reach out to. The guys that um, are making a hundred passes in a weekend trying to get into the money, like they're triple entering yeah. their car. Like yeah. bracket racers are wild. We clown on yeah. bracket racers quite a bit, but it, it makes so much more money than most of us. If you really look at like the hardcore bracket racers when they're double entering a car and then they're racing themselves in the final, like it's it's nuts what bracket yeah. race the links that bracket racers will go to. It is a different mindset when you go to the racetrack where we're just trying to like go, we're chasing thousands and they're trying to dial it back hundreds thousands of a second like to maintain that little window there yeah bracket racing is wild you know what i don't want to dial back the horsepower in my car well Logan, your clutch is not up to the task so i think you should go find another one if only i had a place to get a clutch that i know could handle whatever i throw at it jeez here we go again when you're down on your luck and you need a clutch, call Monster Mountain Clutch. It's a Monster Clutch Co. Whatever to Monster Clutch. Is it MonsterClutches.com? We are terrible. Monster Clutches. It is MonsterClutches.com. It is MonsterClutches.com. 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 Let's go, guys. Steve Addison needs another Lamborghini. Steve, no, he... Oh yeah, he does have a Lambo now. I think so. he is one of the only. He is honestly one of the only, uh, like Kalis, obviously too. But like one of the only dudes that has that level of car where I don't see it. And I'm like that prick. I see it and I'm like, go you go, girl. I love when. Did you see his wife's Jeep got stolen when they went on vacation? No, I didn't see that. Holy shit! They went. Uh, they went to Jamaica or something. They went out of out of the country for like a family vacation. I think Thanksgiving. And she has like a Jeep Rubicon, like a really nice, like uh, four door Jeep. And they came back and someone stole it out of the parking lot. That's how they returned from their vacation was their Jeep was stolen. Nice. What's up with Mopars and just getting stolen, dude? Why are they so easy? I mean, they're using those signal uh, boosters. Like they'll like they'll copy the the key fob and they'll start the car. That's a video idea. What if I try to steal my own truck? 
I have a Dodge. Yeah, you should. We should teach people how to steal trucks. That's a good I'm, idea. I'm write that idea. down. I don't care. Yeah. Write it down. Like, it's right. insured. How do you steal a truck by ride clamp? <laughs> Step one: shatter window. <laughs> you shatter your. Own I need window. you to send me money for a new window. All right. <laughs> so, um, bridging to the next topic of conversation, we just spoke ad nauseum about this uh, superstar shootout, the pro superstar shootout, and one thing that has been beaten into everybody's heads this off season and last off season and the one before that is to save your local racetrack. So go to your local racetrack and, and and just enjoy it. Go out, have a good old time. Go to your racetrack because if you don't go to your racetrack, Rye, what's going to happen to that racetrack? Well, then you won't have a racetrack. And then it's going to shut down. You revert to the streets. But here's the thing. Devil lives. Here's the here's the thing about about racetracks. And this is this is something that uh, I, it's obvious as hell. And just now that it's becoming more public uh, knowledge and it's it's more in the forefront of of the media, I guess you could say that at least our media, car media, is these racetracks, the land they sit on is typically worth some decent money. Mm-hmm. So if you are a promoter or let alone not a promoter, but if you own a racetrack and you're you've been it's generational and you've had it for a couple generations, you've been pouring your heart into it, and less and less people show up and the the door prices get worse and worse and worse. You're not you're not making any money in the stands. Your concessions are going down year over year. You see it declining. You're getting older. Your kids are getting older. Hang on. All- are you about to tell me that you're going to offer me five million dollars and I don't have to work every weekend? That's exactly what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm buddy. I'm in. So I this is going to be controversial. I don't blame any track owners for selling none. I don't blame a single one of them. I can't because at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you and your family. And and there are situations that I'm probably unaware of that were like, dude, they didn't do it. It's like someone inherited a track and then just sold it, even though they had years, generations of family have owned it. I get that. But at the same time, like it, it, it's still part of it. Like it is what it is. Now, the one of the biggest buyers of racetracks as of late is a company that you know, that I know that many people know called copart yep okay now if you're unfamiliar with copart copart is an online auction for like wrecked and totaled cars it's where you get rebuilt salvaged out of cars all sorts of stuff but they their their mainstay is is auctioning off um cars and one of the ways they have been able to grow that business is through contractual obligations to insurance companies such as geico so when you totally car and you got the gecko insurance and they, they say, yeah, it's too much to fix. Here's a check. Well, Geico now owns that car. Well, then Geico has a contractual obligation with Copart to sell, to have Copart sell those vehicles on their behalf. It is just a consignment deal, basically, when you look at it from a broad standpoint. And Copart has expanded worldwide. It's not even just in the States now. It's, it's international. It's a publicly traded company. A guy named Willis Johnson started it in 1982. This dude went to Vietnam with the army, got back. His dad was a big entrepreneur, uh, built houses and ran restaurants, all sorts of shit. And Willis Johnson launched his own little deal, which was what grown to be Copart. Now, a lot of people uh, see Copart swooping and buy, and I've heard bullshit like the EPA doesn't care if they put cars on the lot. That's why they're buying racetracks. That's horseshit. They do care. They soil testing is something that still has to be done. You can't just 
drain oil into earth and think it's okay. That's not something that exists. And I know this because I worked for an environmental drilling company. So before you get in the comments, you're like, no, it is fine. You're an idiot. It's not fine. I literally had to, I had to do this for a living when I just got out of high school. Wait, so I can't pull my car up on the curb and just drain the oil in the storm drain? One of the funniest things that fuck? ever like, that ever happened when I was doing so, I, like I legitimately I did this for a living. I worked for a company that was based out of Naperville, Illinois. That we did environmental testing, soil testing. We did um, geotech, uh, uh, soil density testing, and things like that. And in our where I grew up, I grew up in a suburb of Chicago. Uh, and I'm not going to say any names here because one of these individuals actually passed away and. Uh, it's unrelated, but it's a sad situation. But where when I went to high school, I went to high school with a kid, and that kid's dad was a huge developer in the area. Massive developer. Like, this dude's name is everywhere in the town we grew up. And I'm fresh out of high school, and I'm working this job. I'm 18, 19 years old. I'm driving to Naperville. I'm loading up a truck full of, uh, they're, they're called spoons or just plastic sleeves that go inside of these metal tubes that you then pound into the earth, pull them out, cut them open. And geologists and uh, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers would be out there testing the soil. Anyway, I get a call sheet one day. And usually I was on the, the south side of Chicago, northwest Indiana. I mean, I was all over the place in the basement of dry cleaners, downtown Chicago to like Lakeshore Drive, like and everything in between middle of winter, middle of summer, didn't matter. That's what we did. And I get a call sheet. I get to Naperville and the call sheet says my hometown on it and i'm like the hell and the address is a neighborhood that my dad lives it's a it's a subdivision that this developer owns and the developer is again a big name that his son went to my high school and there is a, a passage of water that runs through this subdivision so get the call sheet i go out there and like three fucking tahoes pull up blacked out tahoes and it's all the u.s army corps engineers gets out and I'm like, oh, shit. And we have to sign like just that we're contractually obligated to provide accurate samples and blah, 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 which is we don't care. It's what we do. So we pull the rig out there. We start. This is a long winded story, but it's funny. We start digging up this, digging up the soil, testing the soil and ends up that finding out that the developer had been dumping construction debris into the waterway while he was building nice subdivisions Good for him. He got sued for millions of dollars, had to settle with the EPA and the U.S. Army. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers is responsible for all the country's wetlands, if you were yeah. aware. Yep, I've had to deal with them. So yeah, I'm sure you've had fun. So anyway, all that to say, no, Copart can't buy a track and then just dump a bunch of oil and bullshit. Now, here's the deal. It is easier for them to get a track rezoned if it's already for that type of use. But it's not like they can pull in and just like, all right, yank the engines out and throw them in a pile. That's not how it works. But the reason that Copart is buying tracks is because they are close to, usually they are close to main highways that you can get to them fairly easily. The land is already developed and flat. There's already at least a quarter mile of paved road mm -hmm. if it's an eighth mile track. Which or a, is not permeable by oil and fuel and blah, blah, blah. So if you're leaking shit, mm -hmm. it won't get into the ground soil because it's falling onto asphalt and concrete, etc. Mm -hmm. You have uh, parking <clears throat> lots that are already built to withstand and hold giant trucks. So trucks coming in and out. You have facilities and bathrooms. Hell, even the concessions. Like You have everything you need to have a turnkey business and they don't have to redevelop everything. So 
when they're buying these businesses, they are buying them with the intention of, yes, turning them into their own co-part, you know, auction house areas or storage or, or forwarding, whatever. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't know. I go back and forth because I think it's shitty that they're, they're, they're coming in like, hey, we'll help you out. Would I rather it be co-part than like someone building the subdivision? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's that too. That's um, the thing is like you got to look at like when you look at take your 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 emotion out of it take your passion out of it take like i love cars i love racing take that out of it and look at here is a plot of land it's flat here's the acreage what version of a business pays more per square foot acre whatever when you look at that like when you rent a commercial building they usually go by like hey this is 50 cents per square foot for this building or whatever it is, depending on where it's located or how that building is outfitted. And the same thing when you look at like, okay, a drag strip pays X amount per acre versus I can just park a whole bunch of cars on here that are crashed and wrecked. It's just a revolving door of people coming to buy these pieces of shit. Well, then mm -hmm. it just makes more sense from a business standpoint. A, dr a drag strip, no matter where it is, it's a business first. Like it's... Yeah. It's, it's a business first. Like that's why the drag strip in Pomona, California still exists. That's why Z-Max in Charlotte still operates. Like Z-Max in Charlotte, Pomona, California, those tracks are not open for your weekly testing tune. They don't make money 365 days a year, but they stay open in existence because they have backers or however the hell the corporations make the millions of dollars to keep those places like operating. Like that is, it's not your mom and pop local track, but to bring it all back, if you don't want your local track to turn into a fucking co-part storage place, support your local track. Yeah. If, if or, you're or, or, or the buy co-part stock, one of the two. Yeah. I'll say this. If you, the only time you ever post about your local track is to complain about them because they closed, uh, they're like, Oh, we think it might rain today. And then you're like, fuck this track. Fuck these people. This is why they don't get anybody there. And that's the only time you talk about your local track. You are the cancer that is bringing that track down. You're going to bury it. You're you're contributing to the problem. I so, will say though, support your track. I don't disagree. People like that suck. But I also i I put a lot of faith in fellow racers that can see through that shit. Yeah. And I mean, I've dealt with tracks. I have been I have been pushed off the line by starters before for reasons that did not exist. I have been made to uh, I've had promoters tell me I couldn't race. Um, Texas 2K. <laughs> anyway, I was supposed to cough while I said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, and I've been through the I've run the gamut with the shit, and and not one time have I jumped on. I shouldn't say that because someone will find a post where I did. But none in recent memory. <laughs> That's how you get canceled before bashing yeah. Houston Motorsports Park, which is already closed. For real, if I get back, if I get canceled for that, I'm cool with it. Like, I'm I'm afraid. Of what's of what could cancel us, to be honest with that, you. That's so. that's my thing. That's all I'm saying. Is like even if you don't have a car that has oil pressure, like I don't have anything that runs and I have nothing to race, I'll still if my boys go to the track, mm -hmm. I'll go. Spend your yep. ten bucks. Go buy a hot dog from the concession stand, guys. Oh, like, dude, track food. Support it. Mm. Even if you throw it in the first barrel you walk by, like buy a hot dog. <laughs> I think um Yeah, I think uh 
think I'm going to go to the track this weekend, except it's Kentucky and they're all closed. I was going to go today, but unfortunately, they closed the rings. But, hey, Coastal Plains Raceway Park, shout out to them. Kinston Drag Strip, KDS Motorsports, shout out to the KDS. Support your tracks. That's all I'm saying. Edwin Morales, Copart's lease with E-Town is coming to a renewal, but there's word the family wants to reopen it due to at-co closing and some other behind-closed-doors discussions. That'd be sick. That would be sick. Um, I do wonder... I, so here's the thing, though. When it comes to big business and your co-part, you would literally look at the cost to move all the vehicles on that property versus mm-hmm. what their request is for finance, and you're gonna make you're gonna cut that check. Yeah, in my opinion, unless the family is so dead set on reopening the track, and if they want to reopen the track, they're gonna want to reopen it for monetary gain. And if they if they look at the columns pretty clearly, and co-part says, okay, this is not real numbers, but let's say over the next ten years we can make. $5 million or right. Copart will pay us a one-time fee of 10 million. That answer is easy for me. I mean, that's yeah, all day. I'll take the 10 million. I'll go buy a, a houseboat and I'll float into the Pacific. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, bottom line is it, it sucks to see these venues getting closed. And honestly, like as a business, as business owners, they open or they continue to run these tracks because they have a passion behind it. Again, that, that cost per square footage or per acre um, from a money-making standpoint, a drag strip doesn't make a whole bunch of sense unless you're really, really good at your promotional point. The uh, like, I mean, not to circle all the way back, but Victor Bradenton, there. I'm sure there's obviously like there's a, a a back and forth between Freedom Factory and Bradenton Motorsports Park, but that is a track that's not on an NHRA like tour and crushes it like they're i mean at least from what i can see they're doing fantastic it looks like nothing but growth down there so all that to say like support the track that's all you know what i was i was i mean i'm circling back for a second the not to anything we talked about but i remember last year byron dragway was announced they were shutting down and then they mm-hmm. didn't end up shutting down but I remember seeing that Sick Week was going to Byron, and I was not Sick Week, Drag Week. When we went there on Drag Week, and I was stoked to, to race there for one last. Basically, where this comes from is a sense of like, think of the think of a track that if it shut down, you'd be it would suck. Yeah, and, yeah. and that Byron Dragway was the first drag strip I ever went down in my I, life. I think what you're referring to, and I don't want to completely derail this, was Ohio Motorsports Park is what they no, were no. originally talking about. No, no, Byron had announced. Like there was an announcement that Byron may be or would be shutting down. Okay, gotcha. This is this is a hundred. It was a hundred percent Byron. And if someone's watching, that can confirm that. Um, and the, while you were while we were chatting it up, I went back to look at their posts because I thought I remembered Byron. Byron had announced they were going to close, but now I see they're not, which is awesome. Um, again, it's been a minute since all this came to light. But either way, um, speaking of things coming to light, it, what if you have a, if you have a hole in your bell housing because you take it away. I mean, if I had a hole in my bell housing, I would assume that my clutch exploded and I would need a replacement immediately. And it probably exploded because it's a subpar clutch assembly. And this is all like assuming that I even have a clutch in my car because I don't everything I have. Well, I don't have anything that runs right now. It's like fast. But if I did have a clutch car and it did explode, well, the first place I would be heading to is monsterclutches.com in order to get a suitable replacement. 
not just a replacement, but an upgrade because Monster Clutches is the premier domestic clutch provider for big power, big horsepower applications. And if you need one for your car, street, track, indifferent, or otherwise, well, Monster Clutches is the uh, place to go. MonsterClutches.com We got singles, we got twins, we got triples, we got clutches for every power level. MonsterClutches.com So I was wrong. Byron Dragway was just sold to a different family. There you go. Um, so I found that, uh, I found PRI put a post out that this is back in late 2022. Byron Dragway was sold from BJ and Rhonda Vangsness to the Robertson family. And gotcha. Jacob Steeter will now oversee the facility today, blah, 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 blah. So either way, there was no plans to close it. They just sold to a different family. But I remember there was grumblings. Like, Well, I think I, what I got confused about, I was around that time, like uh, Summit, Summit Motorsports Park, Summit Raceway Park in Ohio was on that drag week's agenda, the one that you and I did. They were on the list and they just like pulled the plug. And that was a real weird one because – the owner, um, the gentleman, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, basically he he, he said in an interview was, uh, you know, COVID taught me that being home with my family on the weekends kind of rules and yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I'm out. Like I get to yeah. see my wife and kids on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like this is awesome. And that that's the thing is like the the money being brought in from running and owning and operating a racetrack didn't offset the quality of time that he had, um, you know, off hours or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, there's a lot to be said about that, man. Like, that's why people take these huge payouts. They're like, oh, I get a whole bunch of money and I get to hang out with my family. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Owning a racetrack is a guaranteed way to work every single weekend during the racing season. Like, ask yeah. Biggin, Eric Yost. I don't yep. know how he does it. Yeah, it's a huge job, man. But it really does separate the people that are truly about this life and those that are just kind of here for here and there. And, I know I'm not about this life on that yeah. level. And, that and, could change, you know, I mean, it could change it overnight. But at the same time... Yeah, could have a racetrack tomorrow. You know, I, I, could own, I could own a racetrack tomorrow if I wanted one. I just if really I really wanted one, but you know, I just I just don't. I just really want to like my my sure ATM really. withdrawal limitations. Like the way my bank so account, I just can't up. buy one tomorrow. All right, Rye, let's let's uh, let's end the last fifteen minutes with something really spicy. What do you got to talk about? Isn't there like some big game going on tonight? I, I don't know. Um, hey, what if you're searching for stuff on Marketplace? What are your hacks? What do you search for? Nope. You and I are like both Marketplace sharks. You more so than I. Yeah, no, I have no tips for anybody. Logan doesn't want to like say anything about this. I had this idea, like, okay, Facebook Marketplace. We all use it. We all love and hate it. It's taking the place of Craigslist. Craigslist is like, I don't even know if anybody's still using. Do you even get on Craigslist anymore? Yeah, that's the only place I buy cars is on Craigslist. That's my hack. Only use Craigslist. Don't use Facebook Marketplace. There's a huge asterisk next to that whole statement because. Logan doesn't want to give up the goods on how he does stuff, but we are live. So if you guys have some ideas or tips and tricks, like what do you search for? Uh, I'll throw a few of mine out while Logan sits completely silent or critiques me and tells me that I'm being an asshole for. Giving I can't. I'm not going to. If they're going to give you, I'm going to critique you by saying all your ideas are great because they all suck. 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah. the internet could be a tough place to to navigate when you're trying to find a deal on something when you're trying to find like a project to flip or or, or whatever but um i don't know i had the idea i wrote it down here logan was not really about this but when you're searching facebook marketplace number one beef with that is the option to pick like was it local shipping or like where the the delivery notification you know what i'm talking about no it's already sucks so hard well come on help me out here let's go <laughs> salvage this so obviously local only even if you pick local only it doesn't even give you like, here's, wrong sorry here's, here's four results that you're looking for and here's seventeen thousand from outside like oh you're in north carolina well we found this truck that you're looking for in kansas um but I think the keyword searches, which apply across everything, like Craigslist and Facebook, is one of the things that everybody loves. I would say, like, does not run, needs work, needs a motor. If you're looking for a project or, like, something to flip, like, if you guys don't... I mean, maybe I'm, like, preaching to the choir here, but those are things that I search for all the time or the bolt pattern of a specific set of wheels that I'm looking for. Like right now I'm looking for a set. I really want a set of 16 and a half by 12 or 14 old school weld eight lug wheels, like uh, super singles or typhoons or something like that. All right. Shut up. Shut your fucking my mouth. My shut up. Shut up. Search shut up. Criteria has been. Shut, shut up. God, right. you already suck. I figured if you... I talk long enough, he would tell me how to do I'd, it. So go. you're an idiot. First of all, but here's okay. the problem. Here's the integral problem. Where I'm gonna give this is the only main tip I'll give you because you're looking for fucking boomer wheels. Ooh, this needs fuel good. pumps a good one. Yeah, boomer wheels exactly. They're coming back. So no one's gonna say must be towed is a good one. You fucking novices. It's All one. right, here's the deal. Don't drive. Big biggest problem that ever, that I see with marketplace and how I find many of my uh, winning situations is people that don't know how to use Facebook don't know how to use marketplace. And generally speaking, the people that don't know how to use Marketplace are boomer age people. I'm not hating on boomer generation. Thank you for your service. Yes. That being said, they do not know how to make a Marketplace post. So what I do is I search the search bar for whatever I'm looking for. And then I click on posts and I click on recent posts. And it may not be local. Okay, maybe it's maybe it's a few states away. But if it's worth it and the money's right, you go and you pick it the fuck up. Now, if you're looking for local only, yeah, you could search marketplace all day for wheels or whatever you want. The other thing to think about is a lot of people that would post that type of wheel don't even know what a lug pattern is. Yes. So using lug pattern or offset or backspacing, it's just generally a bad idea. Which is why I switched to bullet hole wheels, eight yeah. lug. Yeah. Stuff old like school, old school drag. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> except you get some sexy 70s <laughs> dude ladies. Like, uh, it's, uh, to bring it back, like BMX world. Like, I love old school BMX bikes that I'm constantly searching for. Maybe there's a flip there. I will type in trick bike, trick BMX bike. Like, not, I don't want to look, for, if I'm looking for a 1986 GT Performer Freestyle World, whatever edition. I'm not going to type that in if I'm looking for a deal because I'm going to pull up a bunch of thousand dollar bikes. But if I want to find something that maybe somebody pulled out of the attic or pulled out of their shed, well, yeah, like Jason Webster said, hop a Coke can. That's a great one. <laughs> or jump on your like, because I live out in the boondocks, like country. I live in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Um, you search like Spencer County is a, like any of the local groups. Like if you live in the middle of nowhere, those old 
the local county style groups will have sale posts that yes. will not search natively to marketplace if they are a private group. Private groups do not share a marketplace. So you have to join those groups and look in those groups. And then you can search posts. And then when you click search and posts, guess what you can click? My pages and groups. And it'll search within your groups. Does that make sense, everybody? Yep. One of the ones I look at is like just us guys yard sales. It's just, it's a North Carolina group and it's just a bunch of boomers selling lawnmowers. But just us guys sounds like a a bar I would love to attend. There's some crazy crazy deals are going on there but there's some good stuff that pops up you want a log splitter we got you you want a you know a set of ladder bars for an s10 well guess what hey gotcha how do you think so i have wondered this and i wonder because there's a local restaurant slash bar and grill that has has become a staple for the gay community how do you think a, a bar and grill that is not like it wasn't made to be a gay bar becomes a gay bar and grill and here's my theory my theory is you get like a, a super like networked out gay dude that like has tons of, of gay homies. And he's like, you got to I'm not going to do an impression of a stereotypical gay guy when I do this voice. I'm just going to do it like a normal mm-hmm. person. You guys got to come to Rise Bar and Grill. It's the best bar and grill you've right. ever been to. And then they bring like 10 or 15 of their gay dude friends and they and that turns into like the spot for the gay guys. And then it becomes like, is that you think that's how that goes down? Yeah, I'd be like, well, their money's green, and this is what we're doing now. Okay, so double now, down. Furthermore, let's go back to like selling the track. I would also selling out bar and grill. If I opened a bar and grill, I'd open a gay bar and grill because guess what? Gay dudes don't like to break beer bottles over each other's faces in the middle of the night. They just like to party and spend money and dance. I, I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna open yeah. a bar and grill and you want limited liability, you get the most popular gay dudes in your area, 100%. and you 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 give them fuzzy navels, and then you give them also give them drinks. All night long. It's uh did you ever watch did you watch The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary? No. There's like a clip in there where he says, like, uh, how come you never endorse any like politicians or anything like that? Like you have this huge platform. You're like the the biggest superstar in the world, athlete. Like, why would you not use that platform to endorse and influence the political blah blah blah? And his response was Republicans buy shoes too. And that was like, for me, I was like, man, that makes a whole bunch of sense. Like, yeah, yeah. everybody's money's green. Like, yeah. No, I'm just trying to figure out how to open this bar, though. <laughs> no, I really want to open a gay bar. I do. I know how to open a bar, just not a gay not a bar. Well, I mean, I don't think I have the charisma <laughs> for the gay community, dude. Like, gay, the gay community is... If, Man, let's be real. They they're on the forefront of a lot of stuff. They're very in, t- in tune with fashion and, and they, stuff like that. They find you. I'd walk in and they'd be like, "No," and they'd walk out and be like, "Wait, hold on, you guys are dressed so nicely. Come back." Yeah, you don't know if you're worthy until you know. Yeah, and on that note, uh, anyone that bashes gay people could get fucked because I don't care what sexuality you are as long as you're a nice person. Just as a heads up. There you go. Boom. Bob, and Bob. I don't care. I don't care how many subscribers we lose over that. Anyway, <laughs> Ryan probably does. Ryan's like, <laughs> shut up, man. Shut up. to close this one out. All right. Well, no, uh, I agree 100%. Yeah. I was thinking about the other day because there's, love again, there's, love, y'all. there's a local bar and everyone's like, yeah, dude, this popular gay bar. And I'm like, I was in the bar. I was eating at this restaurant when they told me that. And I'm looking around and I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. Why is no one looking at me, dude? Am I not sexy enough for these dudes? 
was the service up to par? Was the food yeah, good? Yeah, service was Did up the to drinks par. Okay. Well, then yeah. there you go. Yeah, but no one was staring at me. Well, I mean, I just oh, feel so like you're mad that you didn't, didn't get, get hit on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, what does a guy got to do to get like a little like? I've been you wanna, there. You want to come to the stall with me? You know what I mean? I've been there. I'd be like, "What do you mean? What do you, he's?" He, I, when I found out like somebody that I knew was gay, and I'm like, I, "He didn't." He even never even him. tried to hit on he me. Tried one time. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a bummer, dude. Whatever. I mean, I'll get over it. I'd rather get under it though. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a joke about me <laughs> oh. having sets. I don't know uh, how you tie that in, but uh, you want to go monsterclutches.com. <laughs> if you're in need of a clutch, don't forget that this podcast was brought to you by the best damn clutch company in the effing universe, also known as Monster Clutches, monsterclutches.com. Sorry, sorry about all the boom the talk. There you go. I want to say Sheboygan. I don't know what Sheboygan is. Sheboygan is a town in I know Wisconsin. It's a, I know it's a town, but like it just seems like. Boom, Sheboygan, kabow. Like, Sheboygan does sound like something that would be written in comic font above yes. like Batman's assailant's face. There's a t-shirt. There you go. So if you're a fan of Clapped Out and you're in Sheboygan, guess what? There's a shirt coming. We'll make oh. four of them for you guys. To all 12 people that are listening right now, um, next week, if you use Clapped Out at checkout on dynasty.com, D-Y-N-O-S-T-Y, dynasty.com, you probably won't get any percent off any products, but if you could go there and and buy stuff, that'd be cool too. There you go. That's it. All right. This has been the Clapped Out Podcast. Enjoy your uh, Super Bowl. Enjoy your Taylor Swift concert. Yeah, I hope Taylor Swift wins. That's the only reason we're watching it because my daughter is a huge fan of Taylor Swift and I get to listen to her music every single day. And good day. Bye.